0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to What's the Story podcast. This is WTS 276. My name
1: is Danny Morgan. And I'm Graham Merrigan. We're nearly at number 300. Really? But I think we've done, I think we've produced 300 even with the old 600. We Yeah, we're definitely, we're about, I'd say we're about
0: three. Twenty something Like we're definitely Well over the 300 mark In total But in terms of Our numbered events Are uh You know You have to get
1: someone Absolutely ginormous For episode 300
0: well, for, for episode 100 We've done a live show For episode 200 We had the great Michael Conlon Who will be uh Fighting In the coming months In uh, In his hometown Of Belfast So for episode 300 So who will we get For 300 oh, We'll have to think Of something special then we kind of build these up Don't we That we kind of have to do Something like it.
1: Yeah Katie Taylor Yeah Yeah
2: Anyone worry. has
1: a contact For Katie Taylor Out there Let me Send me a message Drop into my DMs
0: Yeah On, a, a, complete, you, on a completely Side note Dan If anybody also has uh, Any way of uh, Reaching out to Margo, Robbie Can you drop into my DMs as well <laughs> <laughs> Imagine I'm doing I'm doing good Graham Merrigan. I'm doing very very good Um <laughs> Would, would you like to hear a tale of my antics in a swimming pool?
1: Oh, yes. Go on. So, um, as we talked about. So context, you've started swimming.
0: Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. So as we've talked about on the podcast, I had surgery. Everything's going well. Everything's doing good. But I'm not allowed to do anything yet that's still like overly kind of exerting, shall we say, uh, because the insides are still healing. So I've been told I can do resistance work in a swimming pool, which I'm all for. Resistance? Fortunate. Yeah, yeah, because in the water, you know what I mean? It's not too. Anyway, so like, no bother at all. Excellent. And um, so, I was doing swimming, swimming was going great and everything. And then I happened to be in the swim pool at the same time as an aqua aerobics class. <laughs> and I decided, why not? And it was just me and 11 women where the average age was definitely about 70. And I was getting dodgy looks all over the place. But I've been back twice since. <laughs> No way! <laughs> that is hilarious. So uh, yeah, I've, I've, uh, I've taken to aqua aerobics, Graham, and uh, I'll be honest. I'll be on, I'm making fools of them old people. I'll get
1: them. a vlog over the line of this aqua ac- aerobics. You can uh, certainly
0: can't try. Can't I'll get, say it. I'll I'll do a TikTok. <clears throat> but yeah, like you know what I mean? There's this bit where they're asking us to, to to kick our legs and get get our legs up out of water and all that, and I am making Shite of those old people who have hip issues and everything. Making shite this of them. This is
1: good for your knee as well, Danny.
0: It is good for me knee as well. That's the main reason I'm doing it because I had a chat with the physio and whatever and they were like, you, you can laugh, but it's actually one of the best things you could probably do in terms of, you know, improving your stability with your knee while not damaging it further. So I was like, mm. grand old stick little swim hat Manhattan look like a weirdo in a pill full of L1s. I don't mind like
1: I mean, swimming snow. hats always used to prevent me from swimming because I have a mala head and the swimming cap looks terrible on me. Mala, I have
0: a giant head, it's as if somebody has tried to fit a tiger into a condom. It is absolutely <laughs> ridiculous looking,
1: honest to god. A tiger into a condom. <laughs> oh, Christ Almighty. Uh,
2: anyway, anyway, you
1: misunderstand, stand up, Danny. Do I miss... Ah, no, no. As in, as in, as in, do you miss writing stand-up? Oh,
0: I miss writing, yeah. Like, there was a period where I was writing uh, bits for other people and whatever, but it's just... Really? Yeah, yeah. But, like, it's just... Nah. It's weird, because, like, when when you were doing... When I was doing it and writing material for other people, and then you weren't on the receiving end of the... The laughter and the claps or whatever. Cause that's what it's you, you become a little kind of a little addict, you know what I mean? You you get a little buzz off that kind of thing. So when you do a yeah. gig and um you know, you you do a room of of a couple of hundred people or whatever, and you like the the, the laughter comes in waves, and as it comes back at you and you kind of, you know, you get it, you get a little buzz off that.
1: Couldn't that's glad, isn't it? Yeah 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 I only asked there because of the tiger and the condom content was quite entertaining and um, very, very good Danny we've a, mm. we a mad one this week
0: now for something completely different as they say yeah this is I don't think anybody if we were to ask any of our regular listeners um, and subscribers you can subscribe on Spotify and uh, Apple Podcasts and all those places lads give us now a nail, like and a review and all that kind of crack five stars please and thanks love you Uh, But if we were to ask those people who regularly listen, what is the one topic myself and Graham will never ever cover? I would imagine this would be in the top five answers we get back.
1: So a big thanks uh, to Cormac for this. Um, We spoke to Miriam Burke of the podcast, A Little Birdie Tommy. Joining us this week now is presenter of podcast, A Little Birdie Tommy, Miriam Burke. How are you, Miriam? Hi, thanks. How are you? Excellent, excellent. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for coming on the show. Um, you are a co-host of A Little Birdie Tell Me uh, podcast and you're going into the second season, is that right?
3: Yeah, we are launching season two soon and after a very successful season one, I'm happy to say. Uh, loads of interesting excellent. guests.
1: Yeah. And what what is A Little Birdie Tell Me about?
3: So uh, it's... The little, A Little Birdie Told Me podcast um, is the podcast for the website rollercoaster.ie. I'm the editor. And it is a parenting and pregnancy uh, and kind of family website. So that is what the podcast is as well. Um, <clears throat> my co-host and I, is my co- co-host. We are both parents and young kids. So basically, it's um, free therapy for us. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so no honestly like we 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 got guests on to talk about basically everything that we needed help with um sleep food breastfeeding and um, you know all that kind of thing so luckily uh, the listeners are also interested because there's a lot of uh, parents out there and um of young kids as well who are, you know modern parents these days are really uh, I suppose anxious and stressed about the whole am I doing it right thing um you know if you're putting pictures on Instagram or whatever like you want it to be you know you're doing it right or else don't put pictures on Instagram because that's not right you know it's an absolute minefield so the point of the the podcast is to just chat all about it yeah
1: brilliant so it's like it's like you know you're dropping your your kid off to crash, and Mm -hmm. you're you're talking to other parents about lived experiences and then you're actually just putting that on the podcast and and letting people out there know, look, you're doing it right, everything's okay type of thing.
3: Yeah, exactly. It's like kind of, suppose we want to break taboos a little bit. You know, we're really honest. Even and I are just kind of open books about it all and admit mistakes because there's no, well, I don't want to say there's no right and wrong because there's definitely sometimes definite wrongs Um, but you can make mistakes and you do you know mess things up a bit and you do wonder as well what the hell you're doing and yeah so we kind of the purpose of it was for us to share our experiences ask the experts like what their opinion was and and yeah and just let the people listen and hopefully they would get some useful information from it really
0: As two uh, (laughs) non-parents, I'm always, like, myself and Mero kind of talked about before, because, like, a lot of our mates that have kids and a lot of our family and that have now got, like, young and sort of grown-up children now even. Um, But, like, I'm always fascinated by that kind of, that conversation that happens when, like, a group of parents, particularly of younger kids, get together. And it's that Mm -hmm. thing of, there's a few of them who are kind of almost, like, vietnam war veterans who have seen it all done it all <laughs> then you've got the ones that are kind of in the middle phase and you've got the kind of the newer parents who are still kind of optimistic and still kind of like everything's all exciting and all they're getting barraged with is the whole thing of wait till the sleepless nights start wait till school wait till oh, yeah. the terrible tools start wait yeah so like what kind of advice and conversation are out there for like the parents who are in that that early stage and then i might ask about the older lads now in a minute yeah and um,
3: God, we have it all like so sleep is just one of these questions that like no matter how many kids you have because every child is different and you Mm. know every parent is asked are they a good sleeper or like are they sleeping seven to seven um for what it's worth my child doesn't do that and (laughs) uh, (laughs) never has and he's two um and but like it's it's amazing the resources out there and um, like one of the episodes we we talked to Erica Hargaden is her name and she a lot of parents like it, ring bells because she's kind of a sleep expert of Ireland and Babo mm. Sleep Solutions is her uh her business and like I have to say when I was going into it to that conversation I was a little bit like skeptical because I don't believe in crying it out. Like, I don't know if you know what crying it out is. It's this Weird the it? thing where
0: you just, rather than comfort them, you just let them sort it out themselves and kind of th- keep crying yeah. until they, they fall asleep or something?
3: Yeah. Which, like, when you put it like that, it just sounds really cruel. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. like, in yeah. fairness, pa- uh, parents do it when they reach complete breaking point. Because, like, even if you don't have kids, you know what it's like to be sleep-deprived. And when you do have baby, and you just don't know when it's going to end, like that can be absolute torture. So uh, this woman, um, Erica Hargaden, she has this lovely business, and we spoke to her about it, and gave really good tips. Um, that doesn't include cry out, like because mm. parents don't want really want to do that anymore. But she does, you know, say what else you can do and acknowledge that you are you know it's okay to feel overwhelmed about it all because that's what happens when when you have a a baby and they won't sleep when you want them to sleep but it's like it's funny the things you learn about it and as in like being a parent um that your baby is a little person you know they have personality and uh even if they that's the kind of what was amazing to me actually when i had my own because i wasn't really that used to other children and my my friends had them as well but i kind of kept my distance a bit because you know i i've I said that i would kind of you know i would do the whole child thing when i had my own mm. and uh but it's just having it and being there and seeing them grow and being like oh my god it's it's not just a baby. It's a little person with a personality. And um, yeah, they don't sleep, but look at they're cute, you know, that, that kind of thing. Um, That's how I look
1: at my dog, Miriam. <laughs>
3: oh.
1: <laughs> 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 it was, you know, you're saying there that, um, you know, your friends had kids and stuff like that. And you kind of, you sat back a bit. Was that a conscious thing to do? Do
3: you know what? Kind of, like I just didn't feel that maternal you know there's some people who are just so good at kids and men and women like I have friends who are just like as soon as they saw a baby be like oh give me for me I'd be like oh got a bit of cold I don't think I should be carrying a bit of holding a baby if I do sorry like the first baby I hold was my held was my own and so it's it's funny the way you adapt and grow and feel
0: things naturally like that um yeah have
3: you found
0: so, that, i mean uh, so i was gonna say have you found that's kind of changed in as well since you had your own because i mean i'd be very similar to you in terms of i'd be really standoffish like, i've got yeah. you know i've got one niece i've got a couple of godchildren, that kind of thing but until they get to like seven or eight and you can kind of you know you, you can figure out their sense of humor and you can have a bit of crack and all that i am <laughs> terrible I am like, <laughs> I like I say hello, but I talk to them like they're adults. I'm like, hello, how are you? Are you feeling well? Yes, everything's good. Good, glad to hear it. Yeah. Like I'm <laughs> brutal at it. Did, did you find that that kind of standoffishness that you described that eroded maybe when you had your own child?
3: Yeah, I did, hmm. and I was surprised. I think, but it was just because I was hanging out with a child every day, like twenty four seven, and that was just. It kind of gave me the confidence yeah. to know, oh, I can handle another small child and you know read a book with them or play blocks or whatever it is easier when it's your own because you can um do what you want to do and dictate the the playing i suppose uh so you don't have to and don't have to feel self-conscious about it because like it's funny feeling self-conscious around children um I, I remember that, being like, oh, they, they probably think I'm a big fool. And it's like they,
2: they, the, the Judgment
3: of a toddler that.
0: is often the worst judgment I feel. <laughs>
3: yeah, I know. <laughs>
0: no, nothing worse than being told you're silly by a four-year-old, you know.
3: <laughs> I know. But well, we talk a lot about toddlers on the podcast because um, one of us has one. And uh, I think... When you think of toddlers, you think of terrible twos, you know, and tantrums. And that's just constant. Um, and, you know, sorry to break it to you, what it actually is. My uh, my little boy is at the no stage where it's just no, no, no. Um, and we did talk to Aoife Lee. She is, uh, <clears throat> her business is called Parent Support. And that's exactly what you need, just like support. And she guides parents through um you know, those difficult phases where, where the child, you know, those situations where the child is having a meltdown, like in the supermarket floor, which like happens a lot. <laughs> I didn't
1: even know that existed. Right. Like support. Yeah. Didn't know yeah. That's
3: no, it's brilliant. Like that is, yeah, Aoife Lee, she um, she is on, some listeners might recognize the name, when she's on Ireland at AM as a parenting, a, Pfizer and um, Today FM as well, and she just has these like amazing no nonsense guides basically to when your child is kind of acting up because it's all about this regulation and their little brains developing, and you know you don't want to you don't want to punish them. Um, so we don't really do that anymore. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, do the terrible things
1: exist? Like do the terrible yeah, like well, things
3: exist? so we don't like talk about it that way anymore it's more as in like the terrific twos they just have little uh <laughs> their little minds are kind of in overdrive you know that's what a modern parent is we're getting down to their level and <laughs> it's so american There's so many um is you kind of funny phrases but they actually do work you know you get you get on their level and and talk to them you know to their uh, eye to eye and relate to how they're reacting. And yeah.
1: And and the, the, pod, the podcast is like primarily about parenting, but do you guys cover pregnancy as well?
3: Yeah. Yeah. And um, we do. So two episodes, like really helpful ones that I wish I had, you know, listened to them when I was pregnant was, um, we had a really good one about nutrition during pregnancy with, um, dr michelle home she's uh she runs a company called Fit clinic and she spoke to us just all about actually she spoke to us about preparing for pregnancy so for those of you who are kind of just thinking about that um you know the, the supplements to take and exercises to do and all that kind of thing and the same throughout pregnancy uh what you just basically have to keep yourself healthy and then uh, by what by what you eat, what you're consuming really, and then what what you're kind of doing with your body, I suppose. And um, uh, oh, and uh, another oh yeah, we, we spoke to a physiotherapist, Caroline Chambers, who also spoke to us about m- the movement during pregnancy and what to um you know ba- keeping fit, and mm-hmm. even if you're not, because you know people women who are pregnant who weren't bit, you know as in going to the gym or you know doing marathons whatever before they're pregnant are suddenly told exercise but not too much and then it's like what do you mean what can I do and uh, anyway Caroline Chambers had really really good tips on what you can do and that you know not not scary tips and manageable Mm -hmm. and um, you know the kind of thing that you feel good about knowing and doing and
1: Feel good about doing after as well yeah. so yeah oh yeah i'm a wheelchair user so mm. i have a lot of friends and um, with physical disabilities that are now parents mm-hmm. and i, mm. I never I never said it to them personally or whatever but i wonder if if they needed some sort of guidance along their journey um yeah. of either getting pregnant or being parent and, and and stuff like that you know like you're in a wheelchair How like how can you hold a baby and push or you know just kind of things that other people probably wouldn't consider Um, and I wonder if 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 there is someone out there that he is could talk to maybe
3: yeah look that's a that's a really good point and and a really good yeah topic to to bring up and you're so right like I'm sure there are people with different abilities who are asking who are wondering those things and the same as you know anyone is wondering. So, yeah, I mean, I'd love to, to chat to a uh, guest primarily about that. But also, like, if there are listeners who are thinking about that, um, well, our, our, the people we've already spoken to, you can find all of our guests on our, on our website, on rollercoaster.ie. There's a section of the podcast. And you can see all the guests who've already been there. And I'm sure, you know, there are guests who will be able to cover that anyway if you get in touch directly. yeah. yeah. Um but well, yeah such a good that's such a good point. We need somebody on the season two no, or season three to yeah chat about that kind of thing.
1: sorry, No, I was gonna say, is it a, is it a myth that it's only the woman that wants children?
3: No. Are, is it a myth? Like, yeah. Yeah,
1: like oh, I mean myth. like I do so. men oh do, 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 like you always you always think that it's just always the, the woman that wants a child. That's completely wrong, isn't it? M- Meryl's
0: playing into a big stereotype here. The big woman and a reluctant male. And oh
1: man, come on. 2022, Meryl. Well, I say that as someone who was never pined for kids, but yeah. I couldn't be persuaded.
3: Then again, like remember, I didn't either. I didn't feel that maternal or anything. I didn't have that like urge the way some people do. So Some women do being. You know stereotypical about it there are definitely guys who are the drivers of it in relationships um, that's what i
1: meant. the drivers of it
3: yeah no definitely i know i know some who are the ones who are kind of like let's do it you know and the woman is a bit more reluctant um but like oh, unfortunately the woman kind of ha- has more of the time not on her side mm-hmm. um which makes the decision more—I don't want to say urgent—but you get to a certain age, and then it's like, oh, better seriously think about this. The men have typically have a bit more time, yeah. although our desks, especially the n- nutrition guests, will actually say. And we spoke to—we um, spoke to a nurse and a lab manager from Cib, Sims Clinic, which is a fertility clinic, oh, yeah. who tell us that yeah that people who come to them to do kind of uh, starting, what can I say, like uh, to start off the process, not even to start off the process, but to get analyzed sort of and see how where they are fertility-wise. Yeah, it's yeah. equal men and women just seeing where their, how their fertility is basically and how many years they have <laughs> to go traveling and like <laughs> do fun things before settling down. Um, mm-hmm so then we're definitely thinking about it yeah and and, and at a, a young age too
0: i'd say that that kind of stuff is and and like with things like fertility treatments like ivf and and is it mm. uh I, icsi i think is the other one is that, that there's the two different fertility thingies i think but i yeah. but it seems like one of them that kind of it there's no more options for people who because th- like you know again i don't want to play to stereotypes at all but you know if you look at kind of that idea of like a traditional kind of home or whatever it was you know oh. like the, the, you know the, the woman would be the one responsible for the children blah, blah blah but increasingly we're seeing more and more women get more involved in the workplace build a professional career and have children later in life rather than having them kind of early 20s mid-20s They're now possibly you know into their, well into their 30s before they're having their mm-hmm. first child
2: uh-huh. and
0: stuff like ivf and whatever probably helps with that in terms of there are fertility issues so oh yeah when you guys spoke to the, the people from Sims, did they sort of say that there was a pattern kind of similar to that or or was it more just a general chat about the their fertility status?
3: No. Oh no, they did. They, they spoke to us. It was so interesting. Um, mm. they spoke to us about kind of what happens when you do it, but also as who, who starts the process, what age and why. Yeah. And yeah, like, I think it's sort of well-known exactly what you said people are starting families later in life than ever before and uh that does uh, you can run into issues when that mm. happens um men and women yeah and of any type of you know couple um or not like there are people obviously doing it on their own too um but yeah that's what they said that that there are if, if they explained kind of the process they explained who is doing it and they also said again like I I sort of mentioned it that people are getting checked out earlier to see you know how their fertility is and that can be that can help make a decision of when they're actually going to have a child without the usual or the traditional say you know let's make a baby it's just like let's check our fertility <laughs> and yeah, see yeah. where we are it's really cool that you can do that I think
1: um yeah it's brilliant it is, is, it is that like yeah. that's becoming more accessible to people as well isn't it
3: yeah it is And um, like it's ibf in the latest budget um they announced that they that ibf is going to be publicly funded and right. it's the first yeah, time yeah. ever which is Uh, it's a long time coming people have been complaining about that for ages so Mm. that's really good it's such a step in the right direction because um on rollercoaster.ie we have discussion boards Uh, rollercoaster's been going for 20 years and the discussion boards are like a big part of it yeah um and like the most active section is on fertility Mm. it is hopping you know there are people primarily women I'm not quite sure if there are men in the book because it's anonymous um but it's like women getting together and going on their through their cycles they're called together having um just getting support and help from people going through the exact same thing um so that's why we wanted to do the podcast episode on fertility because it's just such a huge issue Mm. and a huge part of people's lives you know it can be all-consuming when you're going through it Um, and so that's why it was such a good episode because it did go like go through the ins and outs in a in a no-nonsense way again you know just explaining the facts and every everyone's I don't want to use that cheesy term but I'm gonna uh journey through it is is different yeah Um, and But, you know, knowing what to expect and knowing the facts, I suppose, before going into it and is is really helpful. Yeah. I
2: think.
1: And is there is there is there a taboo about IVF as well, like in terms of are people embarrassed to say they've used it?
3: I don't think so. Not um, anymore. Um, but yeah, good. Really good. Because. I'm actually in a, I'm in a group that came from rollercoaster.e of, of, um, women who had babies in the same time. So I'd be on in August, 2022 and all the babies are two now, but so many of them had their babies through IVF and were delighted to tell people about it because it was like their miracle come true. And it was a real, and, you know, and they were all, so appreciative of science as well and just they wanted people to know that to have hope i suppose and mm. because um, that, that's what ivf can give people who are struggling with infertility is is this hope that it will happen for them uh, i'm not quite sure what any of the stats are or anything i think that we might mention them in the episode and yeah. um, right. but you know they're it they're they're good they're they're, they're for some people better than not doing IVF obviously
1: absolutely yeah so. I know somebody opened a, a, a private clinic there recently Trish yeah. uh, Trish O'Connor is her name Um mm. she was working uh, her husband I used to work with Shane lovely guy um and she has just recently opened it up so she's a huge advocate for it as well like yeah. I think like I think that I think like you would hope that nobody throws their eyes up to it you know that way it's like if you Mm -hmm. shouldn't be shouldn't be even a consideration just people they want the child and you know i hope i just know of couples that have gone abroad for ivf um, Mm and and they've gone abroad because it's very very cheap to do it in in prague and athens and and stuff like that Mm so i hope with the new as you said the budget enrollment next from next september i think it is um, and that a lot of Irish couples now will will be able to do it successfully. I know as yeah. well that there's there's couples out there that have been trying IVF. Look at um Richard Richie Sadler, uh, mm, his, uh, yeah, yeah. they've been trying IVF for years, and then they conceive naturally. Like,
3: yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's
1: yeah, it's yeah. brilliant.
3: We also spoke to Rosanna Davidson actually on our on our podcast who had, like well known for having fertility surrogacy wasn't it Mm -hmm. so she went through surrogacy with her first daughter and was really open she'd had I think 12 miscarriages um before they went down that like I know (laughs) so she'd actually she, she she um spoke to us about it in detail but she didn't actually do IVF I don't think just because she was able to conceive she just it was just she was just kept on having the, the miscarriages, which is just you know tragic.
2: Yeah. And
3: then anyway, um, they went and did the surrog- surrogacy. Um, she's a big advocate for, and had their little girl. And not so long, not long after that, she got pregnant and had twins. With twins, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, like naturally it's like- conceived spontaneously, they call it. But it's such an amazing uh, it's story.
0: Amazing, amazing yeah. I think as well, like because I I remember when Rosanna Davison came out and she was speaking quite openly, as you said, about all of that. And I can remember seeing some of the reaction on social media from people who had had similar, you know, experience of like, you know, suffering tragedies with miscarriages and wondering would there ever be any hope for them kind of thing. And then Rosanna's story obviously gave them an uplift and gave them that little kind of, and there were some people saying i never even thought of the surrogacy route, but they were going into it and everything. So in, in fairness to her, the profile she has telling her story has definitely helped a lot of people, and that's brilliant, you know.
3: Brilliant, it's so brilliant. And she is um, a really big campaigner for surrogacy, like, um, rights in Ireland. So, uh, we cover it a lot on the site because we, you know, we're quite passionate about it too. Yeah. Of the, the, the kids who are born through surrogacy in Ireland, and um, aren't like both of their parents aren't um always recognized as the parents because yes. of how they were born so that anyway that their campaign is how to um is trying to change that and it's really it's well worth getting behind because it's you know absolutely she had, it, had to, kids. she had
1: yeah. the situation there as well with the surrogate the surrogate mother was from ukraine oh, yeah. and she actually honed the the woman so that was good yeah. I remember uh, An old sitcom I used to love uh, In America Called King of Queens And they oh, covered yeah. In the last season They were trying to uh, Adopt I think it was either A Chinese uh, Baby Or a Russian baby And because They couldn't conceive in storyline So then mm-hmm. They had the They adopted And then They conceived twins
3: Oh <laughs> <laughs> well, Was that actually storyline King of Queens I used to King watch it
1: But
3: it. I didn't watch that
1: season. I watch it I, I watch it from start to finish at least once a year.
3: <laughs> Do you? <laughs>
1: yeah. I love it. It's just, it's a, it's a, it's a real mood lifter. Like
3: It's actually like, it's, it's one of those sort of cheesy sitcoms, obviously, but God, it, it was, it's entertaining. Like I remember oh, yeah. I used to watch it when we, I used, I lived in South Korea. Oh, amazing. Yeah. As a teacher, English teacher, before I got mm. into the media and, uh, <laughs> it's so random but one of the the tv stations that we'd pick up was the tv was for the um americans who were soldiers there like had, had their base nearby and it was just like basically american soldier tv anyway uh going off a little bit going off point a bit but one of the um one of the shows they show was king of queens so i basically just watched it every day for a year and oh, uh, amazing
1: Channel four, it's it's still syndicated on channel four and they show it on channel four like 8am every morning
3: well <laughs> it's brilliant I, I'm, I'm watching peppa pig at that time <laughs>
1: <laughs> there there's another question these talk and give guidance on what programs you speak you parents become infatuated with
3: yeah um oh screen time god that's such a big one and um, we spoke about that about that with a few people on the on the podcast and um, because it's always like, I know I'm watching too I'm letting them watch too much TV, but like keeps them quiet. So uh, um, I think you just have to go with it a bit. You know, yeah. uh, I, I do remember like one good tip actually, and it was from the going back to the sleep thing. Erica Hargaden was just advised, you know, definitely no TV for like two hours before their mm. bedtime. And it kind of makes sense because they, they do advise that for adults as well, you yeah. know, so you you're not too you know mentally stimulated at that time.
1: So, so what point so, does uh, does the parenting evolve from? Yes, known two hours before bed to oh here look anything for an easy life.
3: Yeah, I know. Well, it's <laughs> so it's so funny. You go through these phases. I remember when we recorded that um episode, Fionn was a lot younger and he just didn't watch anything and because he wasn't interested I didn't realize that I just thought he you know I just thought he you know he was doing what I wanted him to do and then eventually he kind of just clocked it that tv was actually kind of interesting so we um we kind of sh- we showed nature shows god I sound like uh, such a, a, a first timer and uh <laughs> and eventually like I don't know he's just grown up and he's discovered Netflix and we're kind of letting him just go with it because uh, they, he's he's growing up in a, in a world that he needs to be, yeah. you know, computer savvy. And um, anyway, now we watch Peppa Pig, Shaun the Sheep, uh, anything that's on Netflix. But the best show that adults will like to is Bluey uh, that is on Disney and it is it's about a little, it's about a dog called, Blue, called Bluey, it's Australian. And it's I've seen like, it. it's so good. I showed my uh, my my sister and brother-in-law it like one night. <laughs> like just said, if you want to watch a really good show, watch Bluey. So we just <laughs> had a glass of wine and watched it. I'm like, I'm actually gone way too far on this. <laughs> Wait, that was the
1: wine, Miriam.
3: Yeah, I know. <laughs> um,
0: but you're, you're right though. And it is interesting in terms of that piece around like, what is too much screen time and i think sometimes yeah. like i know because like you, you hear people saying kind of like oh well i definitely didn't watch that much tv when i was a kid or whatever and it's kind of like yeah but when we were kids there wasn't that much tv there wasn't yeah. screen time wasn't the thing when we were small you know what i mean yeah. so in a modern world, we yeah and like in, in a modern world with technology and like realistically like kids who are kind of you know two and three at the moment by the time they get to secondary school they'll probably be on tablets and everything for school anyway mm. you know so yeah I don't know I'm kind of may, maybe and again you know speaking as a non-parent
3: <laughs> but I'd probably yeah. take an overly
0: simplified view just kind of saying yeah I mean don't park them in front of the TV 24 7 that's obviously not cool. Yeah. but equally we live in a digital world they're gonna have to learn you know good digital and bad digital and kind of figure stuff out yeah. very early themselves like
3: yeah and like definitely like people of our generation are who grew up with with that kind of the introduction of tech in our everyday mm-hmm. lives but while also having the memories of being out and yeah. with our friends and you know and and not having that not having anyone um calling us you know, having having our parents like in our pockets, basically keeping tabs on where we are because there's like no such thing in, existed. Um, but yeah, you know, you're so right. Like they are growing up like that. You have to remember the balance. Um, and you also have to definitely not let the screen be their babysitter as well. Yeah. Um. We have a episode coming up in season two, um with a play therapist really interesting because play therapy is a a really great way uh for to introduce therapy for a child if they need it and also for um helping children with additional needs and that kind of thing and also for children who might have uh be having difficulties for something like a new sibling there's just loads of yeah benefit to it and uh she she spoke about screen time as well and, and different things but also this gave a tip that I really love and I think parents will really like it as well because she she speaks about like short bursts of of play because some parents are just like as we were saying earlier sometimes you just not like don't can't naturally want to play with a child, and you're kind of like, oh, I don't really like it, or what do I do? But anyway, she advised that these short bursts of connection with your child are just as valuable. You you don't have to say, okay, we're going to go play Lego now, and force yourself. It can be helping, um, you know, helping cook,
2: mm. sort
3: of, you know, having a little dance in the kitchen while you're doing it, and letting them sort of do a little help you out a little bit in, in an appropriate way, obviously. But that was really helpful <laughs> to don't me. Don't have, the know, have the knife. <laughs> yeah. uh, It was helpful me. Put the me there, Yeah. But it meant, <laughs> <laughs> it meant um, that you, you kind of, as a parent, could give yourself a break a little bit, take the pressure off, think, uh, you know, acknowledge that you just don't have to be on the whole time and let them play as well. You know, let them play in the corner and... Build the blocks, or or do painting, or you know wh- whatever, and don't interrupt them because they kind of need that as well. So anyway, this is my therapy. Obviously, <laughs> I got it from Haley, and uh, yeah. it, that, that's actually you know a, a lot of that pop, podcast episodes. Actually, probably most of them, I always, me and Eve always um, came out of them being like, oh my god, I feel like just lifted, so relieved that to know that we are kind of on the right track or at least yeah. we, have, we have the tools now to change things if we need to i, so, I yeah.
2: was
0: you, you kind of answered I was, I was about to ask by doing the podcast have you had like so you, you're recording the episodes of a little birdie told me have yeah. you had a kind of aha moment where you know a guest says something and you're like that okay that makes so much sense now and you and know exactly. and that's yeah that's helped you as a parent like
3: yeah well yeah god loads of them um these moments as i was saying like we always came out with something Mm. you know little nuggets of information but a huge one that even and i actually talk about a lot um was to do with being working mothers actually and um the the issue of childcare is huge in in, in Ireland. Yeah. I know, again, just going back to the budget, actually. And we spoke to Jennifer Whitmore about the budget for a special episode. Um, she's the yeah. Social Democrats TD. Yeah, she's yeah. so interesting. Um, great insights. But so childcare now, it, as we know, like it's really, really, really expensive. But the budget are now promising to reduce prices for parents, like mm-hmm. by 25%, which is like a big enough junk. Um, going in the right direction, anyway. But we often talk about women sort of being the ones who uh, who still bear the the brunt of of parenting in the early years That's, a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, if the child is sick, it's it's oftentimes up to the mother to sort of work it out, or you know, go even going on long maternity leave. leaving your job for six months or nine months or like i was gone for a year luckily i came back to the same job and everything but um anyway sorry roundabout way of saying that there was a guest um she was breastfeeding expert actually uh kiva whelan who, who said to us that you know so many women you're you're during those early years, you, you kind of have that struggling through the parenting and and um, and working as a placeholder, you know, you, you won't have to work because of paying for childcare. And, but what you're doing in so many ways is just keeping your, your job so that you can uh, you throw yourself into it later, if you know what I mean, sir. I'm not explaining myself, very well but it was it, it was kind of a light bulb for me in in the way that you have two jobs as a parent um, if you're working you are doing the career thing and also looking after you know your child and, and making sure that they're learning and, and um, going to crash and whatever mm. and when you're in that situation and you're, you're trying to juggle it all you can't he focus on either of them at the same, both of them at the same time. Anyway.
1: Uh, yeah, a friend of mine lives in Sweden and she had two kids, but the uh, maternity kind of benefits that her and her husband were afforded were just second to none. Like yeah. um, if he didn't take up his full allocation um, he was able to transfer it over to her, like, you know, mm-hmm. so it, I think we do need to replicate some of those, uh, some of those modules uh, or models, um, particularly if our um child childcare is so expensive, you know, yeah. if virtual care is so expensive, and you know, you sometimes you've got mothers going back to work after six months, um, yeah. you know, they should they like mother or father should be afforded more time to get to know their child, and they shouldn't have to be worried about. Putting food on the table and stuff like that, yeah. and and you know, you're you, by giving more maternity, paternity leave, um, it's stopping people from uh trying to you know afford childcare because some of the costs my friends pay for childcare is a second mortgage. Oh, I know. Yeah,
2: it is crazy. Um, a friend yeah. of mine recently
1: is after getting them um, an au pair because it's 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 cheaper than childcare. Yeah, I know people
3: have done that too. It's
1: crazy.
3: Um, yeah I, well hopefully hopefully it's going in the right direction um with the with the budget things but you know it's going to be slow but uh, we talk about the scandinavian model a lot which is sort of the paradise where where childcare is concerned but you're so right i mean and it needs to be equal as well like it shouldn't just be on the on the on the woman i think we're getting a bit better um, we actually spoke to a stay-at-home dad, as it happens. Um, Ross Good, if you've heard of him, he's a he's a blog called the Stunted Papa. He got well, he he became a stay-at-home father after learning he had heart disease. He's only thirty-six.
1: I did see him on TV before.
3: Yeah, I'm sure you have. Yeah. Uh, really interesting guy, and like um, really cool story, and and you know, t- telling it from that perspective that you know can be possible like it doesn't if you have a you know traditionally heterosexual um family with a yeah, you know yeah. mother and father that maybe the dad can be the one to stay at home if you're going exactly. down that route and yeah and yeah. um, mira can you tell us what's coming up in season 2 yeah and um, so i i touched on it earlier haley rice is the play therapist She gave like these lovely tips on how to give yourself a break <laughs> and also <laughs> um the benefits of, of of play uh with with kids and um, we're talking to rosemary mccabe uh she is the broadcaster and journalist who um she always kind of had this had this stance that she was never having kids and then she moved to america and got married and had one and uh, it, it's such a good episode she she sort of has her, uh, Kind of no filter in some ways talking about it, but like that—that's it's brilliant. So that's uh, one that's coming up. Um. Oh, oh yes. So um, the Irish budgeting mammy if you've heard of her, uh, her name's Anne Marie Gaynor.
0: I think I've seen her. She did like TikTok or Instagram or one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: big <laughs> social media following because um, she gives she's budgeting mammy She gives tips on on how to, you know financial advice on how to keep your you know family and it's so so pertinent now with the cost of living (coughs) crisis and what's going on so she that was a brilliant episode as well gave loads of kind of of practical tips and we just discussed the cost of living thing and god there's loads more we have a genetic um tester coming on talking about genetic testing before and I said she's a scientist um Genetic testing before uh, having babies, or when the baby is is uh, still in the womb. Oh, anyway, loads of really divi- a diverse, cool range of guests coming up. Oh. And when does it? When does it
1: kick off? November is it?
3: No, soon. Well, oh. what, what's, yeah, eleventh of um, October now. Yeah, so it's either this week or next week.
1: <laughs> uh, it's coming soon. It's coming very
3: of, uh, soon. Yeah.
2: Check
0: out rollercoaster.ia. Is it
3: for? Yeah, yeah. It? You can find um you can find it on a platform there, but you can get it. You can find it anywhere you get your podcasts, and um, we ask that you subscribe, please, and uh, <laughs> yeah, check out all the 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 older episodes. Like this. they're still so useful. They're they're not time sensitive, yeah. so um yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant.
0: Well, Miriam Burke of A Little Birdie told me, Thanks so much for joining us and having a chat about that. And um, definitely, for
3: educating
1: too. Exactly. <laughs> so yeah, that's, have no kids.
0: That's I was about to say, it was definitely a learning experience for me anyway. And uh, I, I, I'm delighted that somebody else who has had that kind of standoffishness with other people's children has mm-hmm. shown that you can grow out of it. You yeah. <laughs> yeah so, <laughs> There's, there's hope for me yeah awesome. uh, but anyway Miriam thanks so much for joining us and all the best for season you. two we look forward to seeing what comes next
1: thanks Miriam thanks Miriam again that was Miriam uh, Burke from A Little Birdie Tommy. Uh season two of that podcast coming up in the next couple of weeks go back to and listen to season one on rollercoaster.ie um, a different podcast but quite informative at the same time Danny yeah there's there's lots of
0: people out there who listen to us who have children So, you know, uh, could be useful to them, Uh, to myself and yourself. uh, I mean, we could listen, we could be informed, we could learn from it, but we've nowhere to apply said knowledge.
2: Um,
1: And I kept saying, as Miriam was giving us some of the knowledge, I kept saying to myself, can I apply that to Suggsy? And can you apply it to Suggsy? I mean, mean,
0: he needs to stop watching the telly before going to bed. That is true. Screen time, (laughs) you
1: know. Screen time, um, I couldn't think of it. Play therapy
0: with Tugsy may may be beneficial to you. So, you know.
1: Interesting nonetheless. um, Rollercoaster.ie, a little birdie me. Thank you to Miriam Bourke.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, right. So that's it for this week, lads. We have a couple more weeks where we take a little uh, winter holiday um, before I head over to the States. And uh, we just, you know, relax for a few weeks where we get into the mad Christmas period And as always, we will be bringing you Our now traditional Christmas special Um, So Oh, Meryl's reacting, did Ireland score?
1: They took a throw and it's after going in But I don't think it counts as a goal Because they didn't touch anyone can you know, didn't score directly from throwing No Didn't know that it has to touch someone huh. So I think it's going to wear right. No, it's not going to var. Didn't touch anyone Oh, shit enough. Ireland yeah. saved the penalty uh, Courtney Brosnan saved the penalty and it's we're,
0: yeah, we're we're recording this on a Tuesday evening as Ireland women team are playing Scotland team in the playoffs That's just in case you're wondering what the f- we're talking about
2: yeah the ball None. just
1: went in and nobody touched it I can't believe how uh, Lily Ag didn't touch it there uh, anyway
0: anyway anyway. right Mero if people want to listen to the previous 300 and odd productions that we've put out into the world true. Mediums like Spotify and Apple Podcasts and WTS Pod.com and other places, where can they do? I've already answered your question. I don't know why I'm asking you to. Just do
1: the do the outro, will you? Just the outro, which Phil O'Connor sent me an audio note earlier on, and he laughed, thinking he says, You definitely read a script in the outro. Phil O'Connor, up yours. I don't. If you want to listen to what's Party podcast you got you can go to WTSpod.com or you can search WTS pod on any podcast provider. I use Podcast Republic. Danny uses Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, whatever. Anywhere and everywhere you can get a podcast. I do realise Apple Podcasts and iTunes is the same platform. But anyway, until next time, Danny. He's at Danjo Murray on Twitter. I'm at MerriganMania on Twitter. Give us both follows. Until next time. Clear eyes. Full hearts. Can't lose. Ooh, sweet.